Hi, I'm Colleen. And I'm Ankit. And you're listening to the LDR Podcast. everyone and welcome to the LDR podcast. We hope you have enjoyed the first season of the LDR podcast and as we mentioned throughout season one, we've created this AMA style bonus episode where we'll read some of your little wins and answer a few questions that you've sent to us. But before we jump in though, we also wanted to give you a little update about us and what we have been up to since the last episode of season one. One of the biggest things is that I finally was able to meet up with Colleen. I went to yes! Paris. <laughs> finally. Uh, there was a very small window for this and I made it in just in time. Yeah. Two days after I reached Paris, residents from Canada weren't allowed to enter France anymore. At least not without exceptions. And while I was there... The lockdown started and... But it was more towards the end of your trip. Yeah. So we still were able to get out a little bit and see each other and see yeah. <laughs> a little bit of France, which was so nice. And it had been eight long months since we had seen each other. And you being here for three weeks was amazing. And even having you here during the lockdown was so much fun. It was. It was really great cooking together and buying groceries. It's just when when you're when we're apart for so long, those little things seem like such big wins. Yeah, definitely. And it really helped to give me a picture of what our life will be like when we're together finally. Mm -hmm. But you left, what, like two weeks ago? And now we're kind of back in the same boat of we don't know when we'll see each other next. Things are really up in the air. France is still under lockdown. On Tuesday, they're making an announcement, but we don't know what that will be, whether they're, they're probably going to extend the confinement. So as of this recording, confinement in France goes until December 1st, but it will probably be continued, I'm guessing, until December 15th, because I think they're trying to extend it as long as possible so that they can unleash confinement for Christmas. Unleash? Yeah, I couldn't think of the word. <laughs> Unlock? Like extreme confinement. <laughs> this is just the demo. <laughs> We're going to unleash the real confinement. <laughs> it's true. And I think it's also tough. So as part of my master's program, I have to find an internship which it doesn't have to necessarily be in France. So I have been looking in Canada, but because we're not married, I don't have the work visa. So it is a bit tricky not knowing where I'm going to be in the next few months and also the job market right now, as I'm sure many of you know, is terrible because of COVID. So applying to internships anywhere in the world is really, really difficult. So it's been it's been stressful. Yeah, it's been... It seems really hard. But our wedding planning is still going strong for next September. We're still very much on track for that. And it's nice having something to be able to look forward to. I agree. All right. Well, what do you say we dive into some of these listener questions? Perfect. 
let's let's bring them out. All right. Well, our first question is from Kristen Gappison, which is what was the most embarrassing moment you had in front of the other person when you were just starting to date? Something you felt so stupid for doing or saying? Well, for me, I guess, I guess if you count the first date, the first date counts, right? <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. Because I, that I got super drunk because I was super nervous. <laughs> and then I was pretty sure I blew it. And then I... Well, but now, you didn't. Well, I don't know. Maybe I did. Maybe it was what I did after that. Well, when I mess, when I texted you and said, "Hey, that was super weird. Please, let's try this again." <laughs> Maybe that's what <laughs> fixed it. So, for the record, I mean, you weren't doing anything egregious. So he was sucking down Long Island iced teas like it was regular <laughs> iced tea, and I think you had like five by the end of the night. So. Anyone who's had one Long Island iced tea can appreciate the state hunk it was in by the end. Was it? But again, four? I think. No, I feel like it was five. <laughs> I mean, sir, I don't know if you were in the state to be counting. But again, because we were friends for six months first, I knew you were nervous. So I kind of found it actually really endearing that like you were so nervous and I could really see it. Like, had that been our first date and we met on Tinder or something, I would have been really turned off and been like, what is this guy's deal? He's just getting wasted. But because I knew your character and knew who you were and knew that wasn't yeah. you. That, that's that so I not me. Like, I, I feel like that's maybe one of the three times in the last three years that you've seen me actually drunk. <laughs> true. It's true. What about you? Okay, fine. <laughs> so my embarrassing story is from I over a was that no it's not exactly when we first started dating but it was our first really big trip together so it was what was that nine months into dating 10 months uh we took a trip out to California to visit our mutual friend and just travel around and one of my bucket list things that I wanted to do was do a wine tour because I, I studied um, sommelier as my concentration in college. So even though I've never worked in wine, I still love it and love learning about it. So we did this really cool tour that took us to three different wineries in both Sonoma and Napa. And I think it was after the second winery, we stopped in Napa as where the restaurant was, Probably. I think. Yeah, I think it was in Napa. And there wasn't like a whole lot of choices. <laughs> and all of the choices didn't really have that great ratings on Yelp when we looked them up. But I know that Ankit loved Italian food. So we picked the most decent looking Italian place there. And five stars is good so, enough. So yeah, that was kind of, that was the best we were going to get. So I ordered on the menu, it was just like spaghetti with a giant meatball and I was like oh that's fun <laughs> that sounds good I love meatballs so like a giant meatball sounds good and when I came out it really was a giant meatball like picture it's like it's a soccer ball with spaghetti thrown over it 
No, not a soccer ball size. I was going to say maybe a softball, but that's too small. So, like, if you combined a softball and a baseball together, that would be the giant meatball. And then, obviously, hindsight is twenty twenty. that, you know, how do you cook a meat in that shape, you know, making sure it's all the way through. And so I was I was eating it, and, like, halfway through, I was kind of like, oh, it's starting to taste a little. <laughs> oh, this is different from when I was at the outer layer, huh? But, like, just kept eating it. And I didn't finish it because one does not truly need all of the meat that is comprised in a giant meatball. So then I'm, like, waiting for Ankit to finish. And then because it's Ankit, of course, he wants to order dessert. (laughs) And at that point, I start getting the cold sweats. Because I also have IBS. So I need to be careful what I eat anyway. And, of course, we were drinking. So my stomach was already like, what's happening? And so I'm getting the cold sweats and he's like slowly eating his pasta because also the slowest eater alive. And I was like, hey, I'm going to I'm going to just run to the bathroom really quick and end up like on my hands and knees, like not really sure which end it was going to come out of, like just profusely sweating in the stall. I hear like a mom and daughter come in behind me and I'm like, oh, my God. So I take care of myself and then I come back out. And then I start just popping a modium like they're candy and was really hoping that that would take care of it because we also needed to get back on the bus because the day wasn't over. We still had one more winery to go. And on top of that, we then needed to drive. It was like at least two hours back to our hotel or no, just back to San Francisco mm-hmm. in general. And so... I go back to the table. I'm like just taking the emoji. I'm really hoping it's going to work really fast and settle my stomach. And it just does not. I just I had to go at least like three or four more times. That's on kids sitting there munching away on his spaghetti. I kept being like, yeah, I'll be right back. Mm, yep. I'm hold like, on. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> but I wasn't alone. The the I was not the only one the giant meatball took what, down. Really? Oh. You <laughs> I had a little so bit. Also also yeah, but by the time I you ate by the time you tried the giant meatball, all of like the fully cooked parts were gone. <laughs> so you were in the dodgy middle. And then when we got to the next winery. Yo, I, it hit me at the next winery. <laughs> And then you you do the tour. I'll tour the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> I'll wait here. Let me know when you come back. But luckily, I mean, then we were able to just, once it passed and got it through our systems, we were able to hop back on the bus and make it back safely. But, I mean, there was real fear. Real fear. <laughs> yeah. So I guess that was the most embarrassing moment at the beginning of our relationship. Because again, too, even though it was like 10 months in, when you're long distance, you're not, you know, seeing your partner every day. So while Ankit knows I have IBS and, you know, has seen me at terrible moments, it's very different when you're with someone 24-7 than when you're with them just for the weekend. It's true. All right. Next question is from My Long Distance. And their question is, what is the biggest lesson you've learned from dating long distance? My biggest lesson is that it's not impossible. Before, 
we started dating, I really wholeheartedly believe that I could never do long distance. It would never be for me. It can't work. You know, maybe it works out for some people, but absolutely not. I would never do long distance. <laughs> and it really just, it needed to be the right person. If you find the right person, it makes you realize that I would much rather do long distance with this person and see him once in eight months than be with the wrong person every single day for the whole year. Like that just sounds miserable to me. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And that's also one of my lessons. But I guess I have to pick a different one. <laughs> yeah, you can't can't just piggyback <laughs> off mine. Uh, okay, let's see. I think my biggest lesson is that we can have a very healthy, beautiful relationship if we if we have a very healthy way of communicating and talking to each other and expressing our feelings and just being able to still spend quality time and just making an effort mm -hmm. if we keep making an effort we can have a amazing relationship and the fact that we have that right now related to your uh your lesson i also thought it would be impossible or if not impossible just a really hard thing to be in a long distance relationship mm -hmm. super stressful a lot of effort so much effort that it would like kill the motivation to go on with it but i think if we see the relationship in the right way and we make the effort in not effort in a bad way but just a little bit just because you love the person i think mm -hmm. it it goes a long way and it doesn't feel nearly it doesn't feel anywhere close to how I thought a long distance relationship would be. Yeah. And I still feel because we're really great at communicating and we're very comfortable being vulnerable and sharing our emotions. I don't feel like I'm lacking that emotional connection that I always assumed that I would be. That's right. I do have some, I, I do have trouble expressing some emotions. Like I cannot cry. I have a really hard time <laughs> crying. But other than that, I guess with words, I'm pretty good. Yeah, definitely. All right. Chocolate and Dutchy want to know, what do you love the most about each other and why? Well, what I love most about you is that you are just, it's going to sound so cheesy, but you're like exactly what my little anxious soul needs. Like you are very much the calm that I need like sometimes the world just seem especially in 2020 <laughs> the world has just felt really chaotic and I'm known to really spiral when I'm anxious and I just immediately go to the worst case scenario and you're able to be like yeah that is a worst case scenario now let's go back to reality of the present <laughs> And let's not focus on the worst case because that's not where we are. And I need to have someone like that to help me refocus. And just having conversations with you, even when you're not here, I now have that voice in my head to be able to refocus me so I can do it on my own and be able to say, okay, take a step back. We can see that we're spiraling now. Let's not take it all the way to the end. Let's just focus on what we have to do today. 
And it's really, really helpful. And I just love that you're that sense of comfort for me. And then when you're here in person, it's even better just to get that physical comfort of just hugging or snuggling up, watching a movie after a long day. That is what I love the most. What do I love the most about you? There's so many things. How do I pick one? Uh, My chicken pot pie. (laughs) Your chicken pot pie, your dogs. (laughs) i i really love that you add a whole new dimension to my life where you make me experience things that i would never have experienced in my life even things that i see every day like the sky or like if i'm going by a lake just the color of the lake or some random building when you point out, look how pretty that building is, or the architecture, the colors, how beautiful the sky is. I never saw things like this, but now I notice them and I can hear your voice in my head saying, hey, that's so pretty. <laughs> and that really, it changes the way I view the world. And I think it changes, it changed the way I view the world in a, in a much better way. So I really appreciate it. It's it makes my life much better to have you in it because I'm I'm a very I I'm a very uh, like I I prefer I often don't see I'm more of a big picture guy I don't focus on the details and you you really like the details and you point them out and I I love that I feel like <laughs> for both of us the th- things we said are like things that are how are things that the other person brings to each other's lives and it's more about just how we uh we enhance each other yeah i guess what i love most physically about you are your eyes (laughs) i love your eyes and i love your smile i was gonna say smile too but then that's cheating because it's two (laughs) things (laughs) i don't know how to pick one of them i know that's how i felt too okay so next from rachel canaan we have two questions and she also sent us an email in September that I wanted to read so it's a little bit old but I guess we should start with the email because her question is for um, a more recent thing that is going to be happening so she said hi Colleen and Ankit I've started listening to the LDR podcast and I just wanted to let you know how much I've appreciated you creating this and sharing your story I'm currently in an LDR and your podcast has already given me so much hope that LDRs can actually work out and even have some benefits over typical relationships. I love how reflective the two of you are and appreciate how deep you go into some of these issues. Hearing your honesty is really helpful and refreshing. I'm currently in an LDR and I actually met my boyfriend in Boston as well. Oh, that's so cute. I love that. It's a, Boston's a great city for lovers. <laughs> it is. I think being in an LDR and dating someone who is not American is probably the last thing I ever thought I would be doing. We dated for about 10 months in person in Boston after meeting on an app. He actually only just left to return home July 20th, so it's only been about a month apart. But obviously now that it's November, it's a little bit longer. Mm -hmm. My boyfriend was an international student here for a fellowship for the year. The unfortunate part is that his entire life and family are in Israel, and he was sent to the U.S. for a year on the condition that he ha- that he returned to work in Tel Aviv for three more years. 
Oh, wow. That's a long time. It is. We are also bound by COVID travel bans, so we both feel co- so we both feel committed to each other while things are also just so up in the air. We relate to that so hard. So hard. In terms of the LDR podcast, I would love to hear more about dating between different countries and time zones. It might be interesting to hear how dating can differ culturally and language-wise within a couple. I most want to hear about how to discuss long-term plans when you haven't decided on your future or on the country you wish to reside in. It sounds like Ankit was on board with living in the U.S. long-term early on, and I would love to hear more about that. In addition to how to have these conversations and when is the best time to have them. As far as you two, I was shocked to hear that you're getting... Should we... Should we, we should probably answer this. I was going to read it all and then dive in. Really? Okay. Yeah. But then it's like people will forget the context. I, I, I think it's nice if you do this and then continue. Okay. All right. So first, dating between different time zones and countries. It is a bitch. It really sucks. We are both living in countries that are not native to us, and there is a six-hour time difference. But we've also experienced before when you went to India um, for a month, and I was living in the U.S., that was like a a ten-and-a-half-hour time difference. Yeah. Which also was really tough, and we always found a way to make it work. Yeah. We always get into... Like, it's it's hard, and we always find ourselves in a in a routine mm-hmm. where we have specific overlapping times where we can talk it feels really daunting at first but yeah. i think it's it's always possible to come up with a routine or sometimes it just develops and you don't have to talk to each other every day although i guess that's what we end up doing mm-hmm. uh i think it's just it's it feels scary but I I think that it doesn't have to be if you, you you just have to accept that for certain parts of your day, the other person won't be available because they would be sleeping yeah. or at work and such. The only thing is that you have to you you have to know like you have to accept certain things. Yeah. That's that's the challenge. Mm-hmm. Like you you cannot expect it to be the same as how it was when you lived in the same time zone where you were available for each other all the time and you could you could both talk to each other before bedtime or in the morning, whatever you did. You just have to let go of those expectations and then just embrace your new routine. And I think that that's that makes things much better. Definitely. It doesn't it's not perfect. I'm not saying it's perfect because of course you're gonna it does not compare to being in the same time zone or, or in the same place, but we have to take the little wins and yeah, definitely. run with that. And I think, too, um, something that we're both really good at is prior t- prioritizing our time that we do have overlapping. And I also try and see the silver lining of like the, the generally six hours of my day that you're not available to me. I don't think about the relationship I think about other things I try and you know focus on my schoolwork I throw myself into applying for internships and use that as the time to really focus on myself I'll work out I'll do some yoga and then so that way by the time you are awake I'm able to really dedicate myself 
to being mentally present, you know, if we want to have a call. And luckily, thanks to COVID and because currently we're both students working from home, we have the opportunity to be present the entire time that both of us are awake, which is really nice. Not that we are on the call no. for the entire duration. <laughs> no, no. It's just like if we have to, if I want to message her and get an instant reply, yes. like just normal life stuff. Yes. We're we're available for each other during that time. Exactly. And that's awesome. And just like just like you, after you go to bed, I still have my entire evening and night where I do I do it's it's hard at night when you're going to bed and you're alone and I want to talk to you. It does get hard, but in general, it's also a time for me, uh, the evening and the night time, to just do my own stuff and focus on myself, watch shows, and do catch up on my work. Which, so it, I agree that it's really nice to have this this split. Mm-hmm. So it's it's also, of course, it sucks. But it also brings with it some benefits. positive, some benefits. Yeah. Yes. Maybe we get to focus on our own lives and on the relationship and we can, it's like some external force is doing this kind of time management for us, which in general is a difficult task. Definitely. All right. So then her next part was about how dating can differ culturally and language wise within a couple. And I think that was definitely, I mean, I dated outside of my culture before. So this wasn't my first um, relationship in a different culture, but it, it definitely is a bumpy process at first. And I think you have to understand that you're going to make mistakes and you have to forgive yourself for making mistakes too, because you aren't from that culture. So you're going to say things and you're going to do things that might offend your partner and at first you might not even understand why so I think you have to have an open mind and I think also have that same open mind for your partner that your partner is going to say things and do things that according to your culture and especially too with language we're really lucky that we speak the same language but again I've been in a situation where I was dating someone where our couple language was not my native language so sometimes I would say things and I, I don't think what I meant to say was exactly what I was saying. So again, you have to have that open heart to your partner and when they make mistakes or, you know, do something that could hurt you culturally or, you know, using language, try and show them like why you're feeling that way and help them understand where you're coming from. I think you forget, though, that I was I have improved a lot in English through the time that we've been dating. When we started dating, we had trouble understanding each other. I really forget those days. Yeah, we asked each other to repeat all the time. I had trouble understanding your accent. You had (laughs) trouble understanding me. My English was a little different. My accent was a little different. It's 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 a process. We're we're here here three years later. It's much better, but for me, English is not my first language. Uh, and a lot of, I think one of the benefits of us dating is that I get to practice my English so much mm-hmm. that it's gotten so much better at this point. 
Of course. And honestly, I I couldn't even imagine being with someone from the same culture at this point. Like, I love that you have just completely opened up this whole other part of the world that now gets to be woven into the fabric of my future family that I was not exposed to Indian culture growing up. And now, you know, we're going to celebrate Diwali with our kids and we're going to try and teach them Gujarati. And it's such a cool opportunity that I'm really excited to have. And even our fusion wedding, and even though, of course, it's stressful trying to plan a wedding for two different cultures, it's also really special. It is. I agree. Any other thoughts? Because I'm the first person that you've dated from another culture. Yeah, you're the first person that I've dated from another culture. And I I, I think it brings, for me as well, it's opened up so much. Like I, I spent my first Christmas with your family, yeah. which I've always seen uh Christmas on TV and movies there's just so much I've just never experienced firsthand with a family that truly celebrates Christmas uh that was really special and because I was essentially a baby <laughs> and because <laughs> it was my first Christmas I had to sit on Santa's lap yes even though I was a 28 year old man <laughs> <laughs> Well, you 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 guys forced me. It's true. But it was fun. Uh, it was really fun Christmas time. Yeah, and it was really fun that we got to sh- do that whole experience with your sister last year, and it was her first Christmas. So it's really fun being able to share the parts of your culture that you love with the person that you love, and it's fun because you know this that was my like twenty sixth Christmas by the time we. We're starting dating and you had come for Christmas. So for me, of course, Christmas is still special. But when you're seeing it for the first time through your partner's eyes, you're reminded of like, wow, this is a really special holiday. And our family traditions are especially unique. And I loved being able to share it. And of course, this is a very specific example. Yes. There's a lot of things uh, like just the way uh like there's there's a lot of differences in how Americans uh go through do things in their lives and what what you expect from other people and how you behave with other people that's that was a lot of this was very new to me and it was it was very it was it's very cool understanding how people around the world find it's very cool how people around the world all have different traditions, different ways of doing things, different ways of seeing social interactions, yet everyone finds a way to be happy and satisfied in their lives. It's it's really cool how how many ways there are in the world that you can live a life and be happy. And uh, it's, it's just, I, I really... Ent- enjoy seeing that because sometimes when you are in one culture if you're like in one if you've never left the bubble of your culture you seem to start thinking that the way you have been raised 
the way your culture works is the right way yeah. because that's how it's supposed to be yes. that's the way that's the right path to happiness satisfaction in life but then you you see and experience that there's this whole world out there everyone has their own ways that can be completely different from your ways everyone is happy everyone has the same kinds of emotions everyone feels sadness everyone feels excitement everyone has uh the same wins and it's it's amazing it it really opens even though you are kind of aware of these things because you see it in movies and shows it's a very different thing when you get to be a part of other cultures cue colors of the wind from pocahontas <laughs> All right, let's see. Da, da, da. Um, so in terms of you being on board with living in the U.S. early on, I'm trying to think of how. So I asked Ankit before we even started dating, when we were just friends, if his family would be okay with him dating someone who wasn't Indian because I wasn't sure if his parents, I knew his parents had been in arranged marriage and I wasn't sure if that was also the expectation for him. So even when we were just friends, I was already setting the groundwork of, okay, I can see myself with this person, but I don't want my heart to get broken. So if this is a non-starter, I don't even want to dive into that arena. So you were like, no, my parents don't care. And you're still oblivious that of my intention of why I asked the question, but <laughs> it was good background information for when I was ready to take that step and ask you out. That's right. We we had a lot of these important discussions before we started dating. But yeah. but I don't think you need to wait for the right time uh no. to ask to have these kinds of conversations. These are very important conversations and I feel like we do have many of these important conversations frequently uh mm -hmm. where we take take a moment to just reflect on things that matter and it can get really intense uh emotionally it can like there can be people can get upset or angry or just really sad but it's important to have these conversations because you have to communicate you have to be on the same page so we yeah. there's although this particular issue was uh, was tackled beforehand, like before we started dating, really. Uh, there's a lot of things that, a lot of big things that uh, have come up afterwards that, that were like just as big, but needed to be discussed. And, and we did because as... Our philosophy is if the, when the time comes, when something comes to our mind, some big thing, we like to get it off the right away. Yeah, we like we like to get it off our minds right away. We we talk about it. We don't really think about how how hard it'll be. Sure, it'll be hard, but I think it's harder to keep it inside and just oh, yeah. not. It's just it's just way harder when it's just boiling inside of you. It's because we've also had issues that we have kept inside because we weren't sure about them. And it's not like the issue goes away. I think that's 
the thing at the end of the day. The issue is going to be there until you talk about it. So the longer that you put off talking about it, the less of a chance you're giving yourself to find an actual resolution. And you don't have to talk about things with an ultimatum. You can Exactly. It's you have you can start a conversation with hey, this is this is an issue. We can talk about it. We have to start thinking about it. We don't have to come to a resolution right now, but this is an issue which needs to be resolved at some point. And then you're both in a mindset where you're thinking about it and over the course of uh, months or years, whatever, depending on what the issue is, you you slowly tackle it. You discuss discuss it uh, over time. You may you may want to talk to other people. You may want to talk to professionals, depending on again what it is. It's just it doesn't have to be one big conversation that resolves everything, but. It is right. important to communicate. It is important to talk about what is bothering you. And then you can, as a team, try to solve that problem at your own pace. Definitely. And I think it also goes back to the common goal. Because for the last three years, we have discussed long-term plans when we haven't decided on our future or the fact that we both keep moving to different countries. like So it's hard for us to do big picture when everything is changing all around us all the time. So instead of focusing on, okay, what country are we going to be living in six months from now? Instead, we're like, okay, what's our common goal? The common goal is to one day be able to close the gap. So how can we work backwards from there? And figure out the steps that we need to take today in order to achieve that common goal. And again, we don't have a specific timeline. So yes, we're getting married next September. But even now, we're still not sure if that means we'll be closing the gap next September. We're not sure if I will be getting a job in Canada, in France, or the US. Everything's so up in the air. And again, it's really stressful and it's hard to plan. So we just have to focus on eventually getting to the point that we're in the same place at the same time. That's right. Hopefully that's when we get married. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that would be great. All right. To finish her email, she said, as far as you two, I was so shocked to hear that you're getting married. I would love to hear the whole story about how you knew you were each other's person, how the proposal went down, and just generally how you had these conversations despite so much time apart and such an atypical relationship. I really appreciate your openness and look forward to future episodes. Thank you, Rachel. And I did respond to Rachel, so she's not she hasn't been hanging since September, but I really appreciated your email and thank you so much for reaching out to us and all of the wonderful things you said. It's meant so much to us and you know, we appreciate that people are listening. When we first started this, we, you know, we weren't sure what we were getting into. And it's been a really fun ride. So thank you to everyone listening. It's meant so much. But I actually do have a very specific moment that I knew you were the one I don't think it's as stark for you. But for me, it was, it was actually, it was very early on in the relationship, which also made it tough. Because then I had to just keep it inside and kind of wait for your feelings to catch up with mine. 
but it was when we first moved. I don't know if I've told this story on the podcast yet. I feel like I might have, but if so, I'm sorry. I don't. Um, I don't think so, <laughs> but I don't okay. know. <laughs> <laughs> so it was right when I first moved to Chicago, and I had moved into a studio by myself, and you know, was super excited to furnish it, and had just bought all of my furniture, and was basically sleeping on an air mattress on the floor for two weeks waiting for everything to come so that my bed finally came and I was trying to get it set up and it turns out I didn't know this at the time but it turns out there were two screws that were a little bit smaller than two other screws and I had mixed up which two went on which side of the bed and because of that the bed wasn't fitting together so I just called on kit super frustrated after trying to get this bed together for hours and I was just like I I really wish my dad was here my dad um passed away and my dad was such a fix-it kind of guy and he was a machinist he was so good with his hands he built so many projects and all kinds of things for me that I knew he could have put that bed together for me in like 30 minutes so the fact that I was struggling just made me miss him that much more so I called on Kit being like, I'm I'm just really crushed. I just really miss my dad. And then the next thing I knew is you texted me a picture of your flight that you had booked to come to Chicago for eight hours. You came in at 9 a.m. and you left by 5 p.m. and you came solely to help me put my bed together. And then you left. And I was so blown away by that. I've never in my life. I mean, before you, I was having trouble getting guys texting me back, let alone having a guy fly halfway across the country to help me put my bed together and then fly back the same day. I was absolutely blown away. And it was that moment that I was like, this is my guy. This is my person. That's very sweet. I I don't see it. <laughs> I I I never saw it as such a big deal, but I'm really I really love that it had such a big impact on our relationship. It was massive. I was so blown away. I just and you have done that again that goes back to just your presence and just how you're that support in my life there have been several times where I'm just really in a pickle and you just show up for me and for me that means the world and sometimes showing up that I don't necessarily always mean physically showing up like sometimes it's just you finding a way to help me from abroad and for me that's amazing that's usually how it is (laughs) yeah it's it's really not possible to show up physically No. Most of the time. Yeah, not these days. No. So was there a moment for you that you knew? Or was it more like a slow burn? For me it was it was more of a slow burn. But it like there was there was a the road trip that we did from Boston to Chicago. Mm -hmm. So after you moved to Chicago, so just chronologically we date we we became official and then very soon after that, Colleen moved to Chicago. Mm-hmm. And that's when 
after she just moved to Chicago, she needed be- uh, help setting up the bed. And then this thing happened, which, which she just described. And then after two months, she came to uh, Boston for Christmas. And after Christmas, we drove back to Chicago because yeah. she had to take some of her, uh, a bunch of things for her apartment from her home. And so we decided to do a, uh, a road trip with all the stuff that we had to take. And it was during this road trip that I took with her that I fell, I fell in love with her. It was... Uh, was it my panic driving through a blizzard in Michigan that really <laughs> sold it for you when I, when I literally almost killed us because I was too anxious to continue driving and I just was bawling at the wheel. Was that, was that the moment you're like, that's my girl. Look at her go. Look at her shine. <laughs> that did happen. That was a very small part of the <laughs> trip, but yeah, you were really scared, but most of the trip was really fun. You just like, yeah. I, I pointed out, there's all these things you find so pretty and you can you point out look at the sky look at the grass look at look at these things things that I just took for granted all my life the road trip was all of just you showing me what the world is like from your eyes and that was really special and just just having a chance to talk to you for an extended period of time you're just you're the most amazing human you have such you have very interesting ideas and you're extremely funny so it's just we're just laughing most of the time we're laughing most of the time and then we put on a serial killer podcast and then we're <laughs> yes. listening to people being killed and ooh, how we love true crime so there were a lot of true crime podcasts and then again we are listening to we're just talking about funny stuff and then there's these beautiful things around us. It was, it was, I, I found that road trip very special. And I think that really helped me get to know you to a level where I'm like, I, I said to myself, I, I love this person and I would be very happy if I get to spend my life with her. Of course, it was for both of us, it was too soon to actually talk about these things. Apparently, we just took, we still took a few months before we expressed that we love each other. It was no, it was only like a month later. You said you said it in January. We did the road trip in December and you said it in when you came back a couple weeks later. Right, that's true. So if, but a for few me, I was loving you since November. So for me, I was dying. I was like, <laughs> finally. But the proposal came much later. We were dating a year and a half. And we knew it was coming. Or we. <laughs> I knew it was coming. Because we picked out the ring together. Which actually is one of my favorite memories. It was such a freezing cold day in Montreal. And we were running around to different stores and it was just really, I don't know, it was just really fun. Like it just felt very exciting that we were taking this big step of our future together and we found the ring that I have today and I love and it. we loved the guy who sold us the ring. It just was a really positive experience. So shout out to Phil uh, in Montreal. You did a great job. Yeah. 
And so I knew you had the ring. And then, of course, when you're in a long distance relationship, you assume kind of every time that you see each other, because we were only seeing each other like once a month at that point, because then we were doing Boston to Chicago. Excuse me. I was in Boston. He was in Montreal. So kind of from that point on, I was always like on edge being like, is it going to be this weekend? And I actually was really convinced it was going to be Easter weekend that year because you are coming to spend Easter with me and my family. We do like a smallish Easter, but there's still like some family members around. So I was wondering if it was going to be then, but then it didn't happen. So I was like, what is, how long is he going to hold on to this <laughs> ring for? I'm dying. And then it was Memorial Day weekend in Montreal that I went up to visit you. Or I'm sorry, it was Memorial Day weekend of the U.S., but I went to visit you in Montreal. And I had seen the box in your drawer accidentally i accidentally I, I did not intend it to be seen no but the box was massive and it actually was way more helpful that i saw the box and i was starting to get frustrated because i was like what is happening like i don't understand like when is this proposal coming like and i'm again now looking back on it like you know the proposal doesn't really mean any like it changed nothing besides the fact that you know now I have this ring and now we're starting to plan the wedding all right so I guess it it does change but you know not the foundational part of your relationship but I was just super anxious of when it was going to happen and that weekend you were so relaxed like I was like what do you want to do this weekend like trying to pry to see if you were going to be like oh like I thought we could do this or I thought I would plan us this and you had no plans so I was like what is happening (laughs) so then I suggested that we go to the botanical garden in Montreal because it's gorgeous 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 it's one of my favorite places in Montreal it's stunning it was a really beautiful day in May and you were like yeah sure sounds good and I was like okay (laughs) And then we were on the train and I was like casually trying to like sneakily frisk him because I couldn't see the box again for the ring was very big. So if it was in your pocket, I would have seen it. So I was trying to like feel around, do like a little pat down anytime the train moved. And I was like, where is this ring hiding? And then you were also falling asleep on the train. And I was like, that man is cool as a cucumber. Like (laughs) you are not getting proposed to today. There's because also I know that when Ankit gets very nervous, his heart starts racing. And I was assuming on the day that he would propose to me that he would be anxious but there was nothing so then I was like okay well now don't be in a weird mood that you're not getting proposed to today because you're still going to this garden it's beautiful don't be a brat like don't make it a weird day so we were walking around and it was absolutely gorgeous out but there was a ton of people there too and then why don't you take it over from here because this is this is now where it's all your head of what you were thinking (laughs) All right, so back it up a little bit. So I 
I was planning to like it was always my intention to propose to you at the botanical garden. In oh. fact, I had mentioned it to Phil, the guy who sold us the ring. When oh, he, you did? When I picked up the ring, he had asked me, "So, how are you going planning to actually do the proposal?" I said, "I." I and I said, uh, I'm planning on doing it at the Montreal Botanical Gardens. She, re- she really loves those gardens. And he actually uh, gave me a map and said, this is a good spot. You can do it here. This is like a private cool spot. I didn't end up doing that because I didn't really understand his directions. So, <laughs> I, I Sorry, tried. Cal. <laughs> I tried to see the map and like figure out where it is. Uh, In any case, that that was my plan. So Easter was not going to happen because there's no Montreal Botanical Garden in in uh, Massachusetts. So when you did visit, my plan was to casually have no plans and then just suggest, (laughs) why don't we just go to the botanical gardens? But because we were just being casual, you you brought up that idea before me. And I'm like, yeah, sure. Because my goal was to be as casual as possible. So I just went along with it. And of course, when when we left, I I know how big that box is. So what I ended up doing was... uh, Which is so risky. A second... Like we were leaving together. We We were physically together the whole time. So it's not like she, uh, I can take the ring out of the box and stuff like that in front of right. her. So she, as she left the room, in like five seconds, I just opened the box, took the ring out and uh, put it inside my handkerchief and like put my handkerchief in my pocket. And that was it. And then we went to the botanical gardens and because I was like super confused what the spot is that Phil was talking about, <laughs> I was looking around. While while we were walking, she's looking around. I'm looking around for different reasons. Uh, she's looking at the garden, so I'm trying to find a spot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and we and it was super crowded, which was really hard because yeah. I didn't. We didn't want to do it. Uh, not we, I didn't want to do it in a crowded place because I know that Colleen didn't like... Uh, it's a, just not our style. Yeah, it's we, we've like roughly talked about things that we like or don't like before. So I knew that I didn't want to like do it in front of crowds. So it that made it harder because it was a really crowded <laughs> day. And we just happened to be in this like really pretty sub-garden where there was no one. And... We walked around and then we started leaving. And I was like, wait, th- this one works. It's perfect. But I took too long to evaluate it. And then I just like circled back in. Like, oh, th- I really like this garden. And then I looked at some plants and was, and I told her, hey, this is this is really cool. Uh, check Do this out. Do you remember out. specifically what you said? No, what was it? <laughs> <laughs> you said... Oh, Colleen, come take a look at the dew on this leaf. And again, I'm in like a pissy mood being like, it's not today. Don't worry about it. I'm like, now he wants me to go look at this dew. I'm going to go back and look at some dew. 
So you were looking at it, and when you turned around, I was on my knee with the ring. Yes. Yes. And it was amazing. And you cried, and you said yes, because it was a big question whether you'd say yes or no after <laughs> picking out the ring together. But I was really happy that you said yes. <laughs> yeah, it was and, really, it could have gone either way. Yeah. <laughs> and it was a great day. We, yeah. We, uh, we got to see sheep in the garden. <laughs> yeah. We we celebrated. We called our uh we called her mom. We then celebrated with my friends as well. It was fun. It was a great day. It was uh I think it was really cool, uh, slightly unrelated. I think it was really cool that we again as like we mentioned before, uh like if there's some big thing, you don't have to have one big conversation about it and just build on it. We we had talked about like it wasn't a surprise that we wanted to get married. We have talked right. about the possibility that hey, do you do you think how is this going? Do you think we could uh, be together long Start term? Start a future. Yeah. Yeah, and then do you think we could get married? Is that a possibility? It's it's not like with the commitment like do you want to get married yes or no it's more of a discussion which then begins and we are thinking about it and then with time it becomes more certain that yes it i think we would get married especially too you have conversations about your values without even talking about marriage necessarily like you'll say like oh I would never raise my kids this way or I would definitely raise my kids that way. Even about like the smallest stuff like, oh, I I probably wouldn't raise my kids vegetarian. Is that important to you? Like just the smallest stuff. And then you can kind of piece together and see or whether from the small stuff. Right. Exactly. No, it's true. And you you start to piece the small stuff and the big stuff together to be like, okay, we differ on this. Is that a huge deal breaker for me? Whereas other things like children definitely would be a deal breaker for us. So again, it's not like one day you have to sit down and negotiate your entire future. It's more these little moments of like, oh, I just saw this on TV and it made me think like, what is your opinion on that? And we've had lots of conversations about difficult subjects and again just getting each other's opinion and understanding the other person and seeing if our future could be with them yeah and so we we had a fairly good idea that we did want to get married at uh eventually after all these discussions so it felt like a good step to then well at first i was planning on buying a ring but then we had some we talked, I actually was like really confused and she had given me some hints like, hey, I just a hint. I like like whenever she saw oval rings, she would point out, I really like this one. I really like these kinds of things. Like it was like a hinty stuff. Uh, but then I don't remember. We just got really open about it as well. And then we decided to just go ring shopping together. And that Which was, was the best experience. Because yeah. you did not pick the ring you thought you wanted. No, <laughs> I thought I wanted an oval ring with a gold band and I have a platinum three stone setting. So, yeah, that was just completely different. And again, just the day itself. Like, I love looking at the ring 
and just thinking of that day and just the really fun memory of that day and the proposal. No, the proposal I definitely was don't still a surprise, it. and I tried my best yeah. to make sure that it's a surprise by acting as well, cool as possible. And me finding the box, even though you were mad when I, I should never have told you I found the box beforehand because you were a little mad. But even me finding the box made it more of a surprise because then I knew what the box should have looked like. And I never thought you'd be crazy enough to stick this gorgeous ring and a lull handkerchief <laughs> in your pocket and then go ride the metro. <laughs> <laughs> But it turns out, I guess I don't know you as well as I thought I did. I guess not. All right. Well, Rachel also sent these two shorter questions on Instagram where she is going to be meeting her partner for the first time in five months. And she said, how should I prepare for seeing my significant other for the first time in five months? Any tips? So I think... One of the things I want to reiterate, which we actually talk about in the 10th episode of season one, where we talk to Erica, who is our therapist, or not our therapist, but she's a therapist who talked to us about intimacy. And there was a moment that we talked about that awkwardness of when you first see each other in person again after so long apart. And she really reminded us that it's okay to be nervous and those feelings aren't bad and just because you're feeling shy, it's not a negative experience. It's it, You're back in the honeymoon phase. You're back in the, oh my gosh, this person standing in front of me is kind of a stranger. That's exciting. So I think just enjoying that feeling. And even when we saw each other a few weeks ago, I reminded myself, because I was getting anxious before he arrived, reminding myself that these are the butterfly feelings. This isn't a bad feeling. Because I think a lot of times too with anxiety, you think like you, anxiety and excitement can sometimes be the same bodily reaction. And you have to remind myself, no, this isn't a negative anxiety feeling. This is a positive, exciting feeling. Right. And I, I really like the the way we put it in that episode is that it's always like, the, the excitement of the first date. Mm -hmm. Someone you've known for a long time, but you still get to have the first date again. So true. So it's it's fine to be shy or nervous because that's what happens on the first date. Just make sure you don't drink four Long Island iced teas or five, depending oh, on who you ask. <laughs> <laughs> and then her second part of that question was staycation COVID-friendly ideas for an LDR visit. Well, considering we just went through this and we had an awesome time, I think my suggestion would be um, first is do a picnic. So Anka and I were able to travel a little bit around France before the lockdown happened, um, but we actually were in Nice when the lockdown started. So the day before, we bought a whole ton of snacks and different foods to have at the hotel. And it was really, it kind of felt like you were a little kid about to go on a sleepover and you're like, what junk food do you want to get? Or let's think about getting this and what should we order to the room? So it was really fun just having that kind of picnic experience. And I think that can be really cute. And again, depending on where, if you're from the same culture or not, getting different foods for you to try and, you know, experimenting with each other's culture that way. That's really fun. 
And then two, to go off top of that, while you're having your picnic, you also could have a movie marathon. We completely plowed through Queen's Gambit in like a 24-hour period. (laughs) It was like Queen's Gambit, BBC. Queen's Gambit, BBC. Yeah. (laughs) Like... The world was falling apart. Everything was happening. COVID and, then, and the election. <laughs> and then also the the attack that happened in Nice. It was just, mm. it was a lot. So yeah. we wanted to stay up to date on what was happening, but then we also needed the break. So again, staying in. I think what can be a fun one is it, say someone has never seen the Harry Potter series or someone's never seen Lord of the Rings. Find a, like a a movie that has at least several pieces to it and then commit to yourselves that you'll during the visit, you'll see that entire series. So whatever it is, whether it's, you know, some silly movie or a horror series or an action series, that's like a really fun project for yourselves within the trip. And then one of the things too that I like doing is cooking together although you don't really like you're not cooking my f- together but, no <laughs> but cooking together yes I like cooking for Ankit not necessarily with Ankit he's not my favorite sous chef he's pretty slow in the kitchen because he tries to chop everything perfectly so I'll give him like an onion to dice And like 20 minutes later, he'll still be like halfway through the onion. And I'm like, dude, I need that for the recipe now. Just cut it roughly. I don't care. And he's like, no, hold on. And I'm like, no, get out of my kitchen. This is no longer fun. But I do enjoy sharing recipes. So maybe you guys are a better team in the kitchen. You could actually cook together or even just sharing recipes. What are your tips? Any fun ideas? I mean, all the stuff that you mentioned are stuff that we do together. I really enjoy all of those things. Yeah. But depending on where you're located in the world and what your lockdown restriction is, like if you're able to go for a walk, I think that's always nice Mm -hmm. going for a little walk, even if it's just around your neighborhood, getting some air. That's always fun. And also, too, it's okay especially during these lockdowns that when you visit each other you don't have to spend every moment together and I think Anka and I did a great job this time around of not feeling the anxiety of like we have to use every minute of this trip to just be up each other's asshole because we haven't (laughs) seen each other for eight months and we were able to be like okay I'm gonna go do this by myself And like that, like I would rather cook alone. For me, cooking is very relaxing. I enjoy it. I love doing it. I would much rather enjoy cooking by myself than have you in the kitchen with me just to have you in the kitchen with me. Yeah. And we've we've done like our own things. I've watched shows where while you've been in classes or you've been working on something, I'm doing my own stuff. It's it's nice to have that balance. Yeah. So also keep that in mind for yourself so you guys don't have to you know, dedicate the entire time to seeing each other that you also still get to do your normal things because, you know, we don't necessarily know your situation, but you also might be working and trying to work from home while the person's here. And I think what helped what helped us is setting that expectation because we did talk about it beforehand being like, hey, just so you know, while you're here, I'm going to be in class. So there's going to be periods of the day that you're just going to be 
by yourself. And of course, you're okay with that. But just having that conversation and setting expectation helps. All right. Well, now we will get to the little wins that people had sent to us as well, because I think that's a great way to end the podcast. Mm -hmm. Okay. So this is a long one from, I'm sorry, it looks like Teeny Ridwan. And she said, I was a member of a dating site called Two, spelled T-W-O-O, not an active member at all. I was even too lazy to search for my own match. I used Two service to send one message to 100 members. Two will randomly select 100 members. So only Two and God knows who received that message. (laughs) A few weeks after that, I already forgot about that message. Two sent for 100 members on my behalf. I started to get messages from several members. Some said hi, some said sorry, not interested, lol. Then I got a message from an American man named Aaron. From his pictures, I could see his tattoos and they turned me off since I don't like tattoos. I was hesitant at first, but then I told myself that I need to give him and myself a chance. What is there to lose anyway, right? So I replied to his message. He asked for my email, but I said, we can talk here. I wasn't interested in talking to him at that time, but he was always so polite. His words were nice and respectful. I know what I'm looking for and what I want, so I didn't waste my time and brutally asked him, do you want to talk to me every day? I mean, exclusively with me. Will you still talk to other women? This girl's bold. (laughs) He said he wanted to talk to me every day. Only with me and not with other women. So we exchanged Facebook accounts and phone numbers and started talking on WhatsApp every day without fail. First time I got his message was November 21st, 2016. Again, since I know what I want and don't want to waste each other's time, I asked him a very sensitive question about religion. If we want to go to the next step, aka get married, I can only marry someone with the same religion. So that's kind of like me asking you like how your parents felt. So I get it. I get it, girl. He said he didn't mind to convert because he believes that I am the answer to his prayers. Oh, that's very sweet. So January 2017, he started his plan to come visit me. But first, he needed to get his New York ID. And after that, he could make his passport and ticket. We finally got the tickets for April 5th, 2017. We couldn't wait. We started counting down the days and said, won't be long now. But apparently he had other plans. I thought he would come to visit me to get to know me better. And after that, he would go home and we'll see what happens next. But that's not what he had in mind. He knew from the first time he found me on two that I was the one and he didn't feel the need to think again. So in a few days before he flew here, he proposed through WhatsApp and I said, yes, He's nice, polite, good-looking, and he's willing to convert. I just didn't have any reason to say no to him. So, yes, his plane landed here on April 6th at midnight. We got engaged on April 8th. He officially converted on April 12th. We got married on April 14th. Whoa! (laughs) That is such a quick timeline. That is is a streak. And then he flew back to the USA on April 15th. So imagine getting engaged and married within a week. It's crazy. Dang. He came again on August 2017 and November 2017, and he moved here forever on April 2018. If I could turn back the time, I would not change a thing. I would do exactly the same. I would say yes again to the man that I've never met in real life because the heart knows and we listen to our hearts. Wow. What? 
That's a crazy story. I love stories like that because, again, you just hear too often, like, that's impossible to fall in love with someone who you've never met. But, I mean, again, now it's 2020 and they're still going strong. So they've been married for two years at Mm -hmm. this point. That's really cool. It is. All right. So our next win is from Chocolate Chocolate and Dutchie. And they said, the biggest surprise for Nana was that I made him a personal video for our one-year anniversary, and he didn't expect it at all. It was quite emotional, but he loved it. It's really good to hear the positives of an LDR. I also agree that it's better to spend some some more time together before going into an LDR. We also had so much luck that we had three months together in South Africa before I had to go back to NL, which I think is the Netherlands. Then Nana came to the Netherlands for over three months. So we basically lived together already. That's really funny because she literally was saying that you should spend time together before you dive in. And the girl before was an example of not necessarily need to. So very cool. And then our last one comes from Rachel Kanan, who said that her boyfriend was approved to come for a week for the first time in five months. It's the little things. Yes, absolutely, Rachel. It really is. And we're so excited for you and your boyfriend. And we hope you have an amazing trip together. Even if you have to follow some COVID quarantine, it'll be a really fun experience. These are, that's a really big win for us when we are approved to see each other. Because all these, uh, for, for me being an Indian citizen, going to other countries is usually, usually requires getting visas and such. So it's, I I really do celebrate when I'm approved to go see Colleen. (laughs) It's true. Well, thank you, everyone who sent in your questions and your little wins. Anka and I had so much fun getting to talk. And now I learned something new about the proposal story. So this was fun for me. And we hoped you enjoyed season one. And we're really looking forward to getting season two out there we're starting to put it together now so thank you as always please subscribe rate and review and follow us on social media at the ldr podcast take care guys and we'll see you in season two bye